ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so the first hadith we have today حديث ابي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال نهى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن صوم يومين الفطر والنحر وعن الصماء وان يحتبي الرجل في الثوب الواحد وعن الصلاه بعد الصبح والعصر اخرجه مسلم بتمامه واخرج البخاري الصوم فقط In this narration now it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ forbade from fasting on two days. On the day of Eid al-Fitr and on the day of Eid al-Adha. On the two days of Eid, it is impermissible to fast. And then it also mentions عن الصماء واشتمال الصماء المراد بذلك على تفسيرين تفسير أهل اللغة وتفسير الفقهاء فأهل اللغة فسروا اشتمال الصماء بأن الإنسان يلتحف بالثوب الواحد ولا يخرج يديه ويكون مثل صخرة الصماء ليس لها مدخل فمنهي عن ذلك So there are three things that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade in this narration The first one is to fast on the days of Eid To fast on Eid al-Fitr And to fast on Eid al-Adha Secondly, عن الصماء الصماء it means two possible things one explanation is as the linguistics indicates that a person gets one garment and wraps himself around in that garment with his arms on the inside as well he is wrapped around wears a garment wrapped around with his arms on the inside as well and that is prohibited here because when a person wraps himself around like that and his arms are inside of the garment then it's not a suitable position to be in because you need to give and take and you need to have access to your hands so that is possibly one meaning of the prohibition from as-samma that you wear a garment wrapped around and your hands are stuck on the inside as well the second possible explanation of what as-samma is is that a person wears the garment in the same fashion as you wear the garment in the beginning of the tawaf with your right side exposed so that shoulder is exposed and the rest of the body you cover yourself up in that garment some of the scholars say that is the meaning of this 
that ordinarily you wouldn't walk around and you wouldn't wear a garment in that way with your right side exposed and the rest being covered up. So that is the second point being mentioned in this narration. The third point being mentioned uh, is that a person يحتبي الرجل بالثوب الواحد والاحتباء أن يجلس على مقعدته ويرفع ساقيه وهو ليس عليه إلا ثوب واحد meaning that a person sits on his bottom and raises his shins up and he's not wearing anything other than one garment somebody wearing a garment like a thobe nothing else just the thobe if you were to sit up like that on your bottom with your knees raised your shins raised then obviously there is the possibility of the aura being exposed and so it is mentioned not to sit in that way أما إن كان عليه سراويل أو عليه إزار ثوب آخر لا مانع لكن أن يحتبي وهو ليس عليه إلا ثوب واحد فهذا تنكشف عورته ولهذا نهى عنه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الشيخ الفوزان says if you're wearing more than one garment you've got other garments on underneath then it's not a problem really to sit in that way because the issue here is about somebody wearing one garment and sitting in that way and therefore exposing his aura but if you're covered up and you're wearing other garments, it's not really an issue to sit in that particular way with the knees raised or the shins raised because you have other garments and it's covering you anyway. Uh, and that is why the Prophet forbade that type of sitting because if a person has only one garment and then sits in that way with the shins raised, then there is a possibility of the aura being exposed the fourth thing that is prohibited in this narration is as-salatu ba'da subh praying after the fajr yani ba'da salat al-subh wa naha 'an as-salat ba'da salat al-'asr similarly after the asr because those two times are times of prohibition for the prayer hadhani waqtani manhiyun 'an salat an-nafila 'an salat an-nafila fihima فَإِذَا صَلَّ الْعَصَرِ فَلَا نَافِلَ حَتَّى تَغْرُبُ الشَّمْسِ وَإِذَا صَلَّ الْفَجَرِ فَلَا نَافِلَ حَتَّى تَرْتَفِعَ الشَّمْسِ So when a person has prayed Fajr, there is no other prayer to be prayed after that until the sun rises. And when a person has prayed Asr, there is no other prayer to be prayed until the sun sets. فَلَا تُصَلِّ النَّافِلَ فِي هَذِينَ الْوَقْتَيْنِ أَمَّا لَوْ أَنَّهُ فَاتَتُ so you don't pray any other optional prayers at that time. But if the obligatory prayer, you've missed it, then obviously you just pray as soon as you can, even if it's in those prohibited times. Because it mentions in a hadith, مَن نَسِيَ صَلَاةً أَوْ نَامَ عَنْهَا فَكَفَارَتُهَا أَنْ يُصَلِّيَهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا But if a person forgets a prayer or sleeps, oversleeps, then the expiation is to pray it as soon as he remembers it. So those are four things prohibited in this narration. The first of them is the point that we are mentioning here, the impermissibility of fasting on the days of Eid, and not just on the actual days of Eid, but Eid al-Adha and also Ayyam al-Tashriq, the three days after that as well. 
it is not permissible to fast on any of those days. And then also we were told about the one garment wrapping yourself in it, and also about sitting in a posture that exposes your aura, and also about the uh, forbidden times of the prayers. You had a question? Yeah, raising the shins. Because if you only had, imagine, just the thobe on top, no undergarment or anything else, just that one thobe. If you sit like that, then it becomes exposed, of course. It becomes exposed from underneath. So they mention you can't sit like that if you're only wearing one garment. Of course, if you're wearing multiple garments, you have a lower garment, everything covered up, then you could sit like that, the Shaykh says, because there is no risk of any, anything being exposed. Then after that, Hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu qal qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man sama yawman fi sabilillah ba'adallahu wajhahu anil nari sab'ina kharifa that whomsoever fasts a day in the path of Allah and normally if you just say the path of Allah it means jihad Whoever fasts a day whilst in jihad, then Allah will distance his face, that person's face, away from the fire 70 years worth. Al-Muradu bihi al-Jihad, fal-Mujahid al-Ghazi idha saam falahu hadha al-Fadl. So somebody who's in jihad and they fast, then they have this great virtue, because they are in jihad and on top of that they are fasting. So you are making the jihad against the enemy and you are also doing the jihad of yourself in fasting. So he's making two types of jihad there. So the one who does that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distances that person away from the fire 70 years worth. 70 years worth indicating that the person is distanced away from the fire and a, a, a great gap is created between that person and the fire that he is removed away from that fire so that is indicating the virtue of fasting also then there are some narrations about Laylatul Qadr Babu Laylatul Qadr Allah said in the Quran Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr that indeed we revealed it on the night of decree. Revealed it, revealed what? The Quran, that the Quran began its revelation on that night. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةٍ مُبَارَكَةٍ إِنَّا كُنَّا مُنْذِرِينَ That indeed we revealed it on a blessed night. That indeed we are warners. فَاللَّهُ أَنزَلَ الْقُرْآنَ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ وَلَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ فِي رَمَضَانِ So Allah revealed the Qur'an on Laylatul Qadr. And Laylatul Qadr is in Ramadan. And what is the evidence that it is in Ramadan? Because we've just seen the ayah saying, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ That indeed we revealed it on the night of Qadr. So we know the Qur'an was revealed on the night of Qadr. Then it also says in another ayah, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ The month of Ramadan within which the Qur'an was revealed. 
So then, if the Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan, this ayah is saying, and the other ayah is saying the Quran was revealed on the night of decree, it must mean, therefore, that the night of decree is in Ramadan. When you add up the two, that's the solution. One ayah telling you the Quran was revealed on the night of decree. The other ayah telling you the Quran was revealed in Ramadan. Therefore, it follows that the night of decree must be in Ramadan. فَالْمُرَادُ بِنُزُولِ الْقُرْآنِ فِي شَهْرِ رَمَضَانَ وَفِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدَرِ ابْتِدَاءُ النُّزُولِ So the point is that the Qur'an began its revelation in the month. فَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنِ ابْتُدِئَ إِنزَالُهُ عَلَى الرَّسُولَ سَلَّمَ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدَرِ ثُمَّ تَتَابَعَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ So the Qur'an began its revelation on the night of decree and then it followed on after that. تَتَابَعَ نُزُولُهُ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فِي ثَلَاثٍ it carried on them being revealed for the next 23 years. Hatta Rasulullah until the Prophet died. Fabidayatul Inzal ala Rasulullah So the beginning of that revelation to the Prophet was in the month of Ramadan, in the night of decree. As Allah mentioned, unzila Quran. The Quran was revealed within it. Inna anzalnahu. That indeed we revealed it. So all of these ayat they are indicating the uh, revelation of the Quran in Laylatul Qadr, and that Laylatul Qadr is in Ramadan. The next narration talks about when exactly in Ramadan is Laylatul Qadr. There is a hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma anna rijalan min ashab al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uru Laylatul Qadr fil manam fi sab'i al-awakhir. Faqala an-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ara ru'yakum قد تواطأت في السبع الأواخر فمن كان متحريها فليتحرها في السبع الأواخر In the narration it mentions how some of the companions they had a dream and all of them they saw the same thing in the dream that, as some of the explanations mention, it was on the 27th night, the night of decree. That they all had a dream, and all of them had the same dream, that it was on the 27th night of Ramadan. قُلْنَا إِنَّ لَيْلَةَ الْقَدْرِ تَحْتَمِلْ فِي كُلِّ لِيَالِ الشَّهْرِ Shaykh says, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, that we've said it is possible for Laylatul Qadr to be anywhere in Ramadan. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يُبَيِّنْهَا Because Allah has not clarified to us exactly when it is. وَإِنَّمَا الَّذِي حَصَلَ مِنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ وَمِنَ أَصْحَابِهِ التَّحَرِّي فَقَطْ All that this hadith is telling us is to try and search for it. Try and search for it and catch Laylatul Qadr. That is what the narrations are telling us. None of the narrations are telling us it's definitely this day or that day. But we do know that it is most likely to be in the last 10. It is most likely to be in the last 10 of Ramadan. 
initially the Prophet ﷺ used to do his i'tikaf in the middle ten of Ramadan. He used to do the i'tikaf in the middle ten of Ramadan. Then after that he changed it to the last ten of Ramadan once he discovered that Laylatul Qadr is likely in the last ten of Ramadan. So most likely it's in the last ten of Ramadan. And most likely from the last ten, it is in the odd nights of the last ten. فَكَانَ يَعْتَكِفُ فِي الْعَشْرِ الْأَوْسَطِ ثُمَّ إِنَّهُ نَقَلَ اعْتِكَافَهُ إِلَى الْعَشْرِ الْأَوَاخِرِ وَاسْتَمَرَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ هَذِي الْعَشْرِ هِيَ الَّتِي تُرْجَى فِيهَا لَيْلَةَ الْقَدْرِ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ غَيْرِهَا وَالصَّحَابَ رَأَوْهَا فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنَّهَا فِي السَّبِعِ الْأَوَاخِرِ مِنْ شَهْرِ رَمَضَانٍ وَالْمَسْأَلَةُ لَا تَزَالُ مَسْأَلَةَ حَرٍّ فَبَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا لَيْلَةُ وَاحِدٍ وَعَشْرِينَ وَبَعْضُهُمْ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا لَيْلَةُ ثَلَاثٍ وَعَشْرِينَ وَبَعْضُهُمْ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا لَيْلَةُ سَبْعٍ وَعَشْرِينَ وَلَيْلَةُ سَبْعٍ وَعَشْرِينَ آكَدٌ so the Shaykh says it is one of those issues where it's a search for when Laylatul Qadr is going to be. Some scholars say the 21st, some say the 23rd, some say the 27th. And the 27th is the most likely night. The 27th is the most likely night. But it's not absolutely guaranteed. So a person has to strive uh, with his worship because it is not guaranteed it will be the 27th or any other particular night. Allah has kept that hidden promise so that we continue to strive in our worship every night. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned if Laylatul Qadr was just one night anywhere in the whole year, if that's what the ruling was that Laylatul Qadr is just a random night anywhere in the year, he said, if that was the case, I would pray like taraweeh every night of the year. He said, I would pray the night prayer every night of the year in that case, just to try and catch it. Just to try and make sure that I've guaranteed Laylatul Qadr by praying every night of the year. But now look how easy it is that the affair is only into 30 nights. So a person should strive all of those nights. Uh, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال تحروه أو تحروا ليلة القدر في الوتر من العشر الأواخر. In this narration of Aisha رضي الله عنها in Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, look for ليلة القدر in the odd nights of the last ten. Look for ليلة القدر in the odd nights of the last ten. So these are the types of narrations that indicate that it is more likely to be in the odd nights. It still doesn't guarantee that it will be in one of those odd nights. Doesn't guarantee. And even if it did, there is still another issue that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned. The issue of counting the nights. The last 10 nights of Ramadan, you always have to have a last 10 nights of Ramadan. Always have to have a last 10 nights of Ramadan. So when do the last 10 nights of Ramadan begin? On which night?
So today is the 13th fast. This year right now, we are on the 13th fast today. Which means next Saturday will be 20th fast. Meaning next Saturday night, the night before Sunday, will be the night of the 21st. So next Saturday night as we call it, i.e. the night before Sunday, that will be the first of the last 10 nights. So Saturday night as we call it in English, Saturday night will be the first night of the last 10. Sunday night will be the second one then. Monday night will be the third one. Tuesday night will be the fourth one. Wednesday the fifth one. Thursday the sixth one. Friday the seventh one. Saturday the eighth one. Sunday the ninth one. Monday night the tenth one. Monday is going to be what date of Ramadan? 30th. That's going to be the 30th day. No, in fact, no, that's going to be the 29th day. Because it comes the night before. That's going to be the 29th day. But that night, Monday night, is going to be the 30th night. And then Tuesday is going to be the 30th day. So that Tuesday, it might not end up being the 30th day. It might end up being Eid. If it ends up being Eid on Tuesday, Monday night now becomes the first night of Shawwal. So we've lost our 10th night. We only ended up with 9 nights. That can't be the case. There has to be the last 10 nights of Ramadan. So in that case, you have to go backwards as Ibn Taymiyyah says. And if you go backwards, it means all of the nights you were working out as odd nights now become even nights. That's why Shaykh Hazan and the scholars say you have to just strive on every single night. You can't just work out, okay, this is the 27th and this is the 23rd and this is this and this is that. You don't know. Every night you have to work out hard with your worship because any of those nights could be that night. Then Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يعتكف في العشر الأوسط من رمضان فعتكف عاما حتى إذا كانت ليلة إحدى وعشرين وهي الليلة التي يخرج من صبيحتها من اعتكافه قال من اعتكف معي فليعتكف العشر الأواخر فقد ريت هذه الليلة ثم أنصيتها وقد رأيتني أسجد في ماء وطين من صبيحتها فالتمسوها في العشر الأواخر والتمسوها في كل وتر فمطرت السماء تلك الليلة وكان المسجد على عريش فوكف المسجد فأبصرت, فأبصرت عيناية رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى جبهته أثر الماء والطين من صبح 21 This narration now It mentions that the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to do i'tikaf in the middle ten. And he did that one year. Kana i'takifu al-ashr al-awsat. Hatta idha kanat laylat ihda wa ishreen. Wa hiya laylatu allati yakhruju min sabihatiha min i'takafihi. Then when it came to the night of the 21st, which is the night when he would finish his i'takaf. When he used to do it in the middle ten. 
when he used to do it in the middle 10 when he came to the 21st night that's it finish now the middle 10 now you're into the last 10 he would finish his i'tikaf on that night normally when he used to do the i'tikaf in the middle 10 he then came and said to them mani i'takafa ma'i whoever does i'tikaf with me then do it now in the last 10. He said, because I have been shown this night, the night of decree. But then I was made to forget when it is. And I saw myself prostrating in mud on that morning. So seek Laylatul Qadr in the last 10 nights and look for it in the odd nights. Then it rained that night. It mentions in the narration, it rained that night. And he says, the next morning I saw the Prophet ﷺ from the prayer. He had mud on his forehead on the morning of the 21st on the morning of the 21st. This is one of the narrations that some of the scholars may use to say that one of the signs of Laylatul Qadr is that there is some rain on that night. It is a deduction some scholars have made that there would be some little bit of element of rain on that night as a sign of Laylatul Qadr because the next day the Prophet from that night there was rain and there was mud on his forehead when they prostrated in the mosque. So it says here, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, أَنَّهُ قَالَ رَأَيْتُنِي أَسْجُدُ فِي مَاءٍ وَطِينٍ مِنْ صَبِيحَتِهَا يعني في صلاة الفجر يسجد في ماء وطين فلما كان ليلة 21 وكان مسجد الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم عريشا من الصعف ومن الجذوع فلما أمطرت السماء نزل المطر إلى أرض المسجد وصار في مصلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ماء فكان يسجد عليه صلاة الفجر فرأى الصحابة على جبهته أثر الماء والطين ليلة 21 هذا مما يرجح أنها ليلة 21 So in this narration it occurred on the night of the 21st the 21st night This is the narration some scholars will use to say that ليلة القدر is therefore most likely on the 21st night that narration right there in Al-Bukhari in Muslim, it mentions it occurred on that time on the 21st night. So that is an example, an example of what some of the scholars may use as an evidence to indicate the 21st night. But like we said, there is no definitive conclusion. You cannot say it is definitely the 21st or definitely the 23rd or definitely even the 27th. But a person strives every night in his worship hoping to catch Laylatul Qadr. The final section here is the section on I'tikaf. What is the meaning of I'tikaf? What does I'tikaf mean linguistically? What does the word I'tikaf mean? Anybody? Not seclusion. The word i'tikaf in Arabic. It's not seclusion, but it's remaining in a place. Whether in seclusion or not. Remaining in a place. Allah said in the Quran about the mushrikun that they were akifuna. 
doing i'tikaf at their idols because they used to go to their temples, they used to go to the shrines and just stay there. Remain there in front of the idols in their shrines. I'tikaf means to stick to a place, to stay in a place, to remain in a place. That's the meaning of the word i'tikaf in Arabic. Islamically, of course, we know i'tikaf is not just to stick to or remain in any place. It is to stick to and remain in a masjid for the purpose of ibadah, for the purpose of worship. The question is, or a few questions. Firstly, if that is the definition of i'tikaf, to stick to the masjid, to remain in the masjid for the worship of Allah. How do women do i'tikaf? Is there a definition of sticking in the house doing the worship of Allah for women then or what? How do women do i'tikaf? In the house? In the masjid? Huh. The scholars they mention there's no such thing as a woman doing i'tikaf at home. I'tikaf is sticking to remaining in the masjid for the worship of Allah. Secluding yourself in a room is not classed as i'tikaf Islamically. So if a woman wants to do i'tikaf, as the wives of the Prophet did, then it must be in the masjid also. If they have permission from home and everything else, all the other details, and the mosque has facilities, all of the details, they are in place have permission the mosque has facilities everything else then they do it in the mosque same as the men separate secluded they have permission safe secure they do it in the mosque if there is no facility or they have no permission to leave home to go do it then they cannot do it in the mosque there is no i'tikaf for them like that then second issue how long is i'tikaf How long is i'tikaf? How many days is i'tikaf? Ten days. What if you can't do all ten days? The last ten days of Ramadan, you've only got the last week of work. You've only got the last seven days of work, so that's it. You can't do i'tikaf then or what? It's not a condition to have to do the full ten days of i'tikaf. You can do less than that. You could even do just a few hours. You make the intention of i'tikaf and you go into the masjid. It is not an obligation you have to do uh, 10 days or 5 days, even half a day you could do. So there is no limit to the amount. But once you do make the intention for whatever amount, then you are not supposed to leave the masjid then whilst you're doing it. Only for necessity. If there is some emergency, some necessity, you have to go, you have to go. But otherwise... You, just for trivial reasons and things, you cannot leave the mosque when you have made the intention to be in i'tikaf. The only other issue is then, let's say you want to do the full 10. You want to do the full 10 days. When do you have to start then? When do you have to come to the mosque and uh, begin your i'tikaf if you want to do the full 10 days? The night of what? On the 20th day? On the 19th day. So, you, so you're starting on the 20th night. So you're saying on the 19th day, at Maghrib time, you have to be in the mosque. So your i'tikaf begins at Maghrib, which is the night of the 20th. After Fajr, on which day? 
on the 20th day after Fajr. So you've come in on, according to our timetable now, 19th day is on Friday. So you're going to come on Friday at Maghrib. You're going to come on Saturday at Fajr. 20th day at Fajr. Anybody else? So after Maghrib on the 20th day. That's what we just said before. The, the 21st night starts at Maghrib time on the 20th day. That's the first night of the last 10. Uh -huh. So there are actually almost all of those opinions that exist. There are three main opinions. Three main opinions about when to start Atikaf if you want to do all 10. One opinion says after Fajr on the 20th day. So that's next Saturday, early Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning you come for Fajr, Saturday morning in the mosque and you start. Saturday is the 20th day. So you do all of the 20th day in Atikaf as well. So you get all the last 10 days and nights, everything. Start from Fajr on the 20th day. That is an opinion. There is another opinion that actually it's Fajr on the 21st day. Fajr on the 21st day. And there is another opinion that it's actually Maghrib on the 20th day. And that is the uh, strongest opinion. That you start at Maghrib on the 20th day. Saturday. That would mean Saturday, Maghrib, 20th day. One second, let's get the opinions here. Mm. Exactly, because like we just said now, if you work it out, the nights, the last 10 nights, the last 10 nights start on the 21st night. Uh, let's see. No, the night of the 20... No, yeah, 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 yeah. The night comes before the day, so it's the, it's the day of the 20th. The day of the 20th, that night is going to be the 21st night. It's fine. Mm, uh, well, because if you work out the 10 nights, it, it actually begins on the 21st night. If, if the Ramadan is full 30 days. If Ramadan is full 30 days, then the 21st night will be the first night of the 10. Because, exactly, but if it is, if it's 21st, that's 10 nights. 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30. If you started on the day before and Ramadan ended up 30 days, it means you've now done 11 days. That's why the majority of the scholars say you, have to, you can't add on an extra day of itikaf, that you you'd start on that 30th day. Mm. The majority of the scholars, they say a person must enter the masjid before Maghrib on the 20th day. Maghrib time, 20th day. So that's this next Saturday at Maghrib. If you want to do the full 10 days, you have to be. That's the majority opinion. Next week at Saturday, Maghrib time, come and be ready and start your 10 days. There is another opinion which says it's Fajr on the 21st day. So Sunday. At Fajr time, you just come for Fajr and start from there. Another opinion says it's Fajr on the 20th day. So next Saturday at Fajr time early in the morning, come and start. Next Saturday at Fajr time early in the morning, come and start. But the majority opinion is next Saturday at Maghrib time. That's the majority opinion. 
Why do they say after Fajr? Because there are some hadith. Uh, there's a hadith it mentions that the Prophet uh, that he prayed Fajr, then went into his i'tikaf area. Just like how we have now these little cloths and everything. They had a sectioned off area. So it says in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ prayed Fajr and then entered his i'tikaf area. As a consequence, you have those opinions saying that i'tikaf starts after Fajr. Fajr So how do the Jumhur say Ba'd al-Maghrib? Hadith, it's clear. Salla al-Fajr, thumma dakhala ma'atakafahu. The Jumhur, they say, that he actually began the i'tikaf at Maghrib time. He came at Maghrib time, the Prophet ﷺ prayed Maghrib, and then just stayed here. Imagine like his i'tikaf area was at the section off at the back over there. He came and prayed Maghrib and stayed here. Prayed Isha, stayed here. Taraweeh, after Taraweeh, stayed here. Fajr, finished his Fajr, then he went into his sectioned off area of the Atikaf. His sectioned off area where he was going to be staying, he went in there after Fajr. Even though he started the Atikaf at Maghrib. Hadith they say, that he entered his Atikaf area, that just means the first time he went into his sectioned area. He was in the mosque since Maghrib already though, doing his i'tikaf. Because i'tikaf is not any condition or anything, you have to be sat in your area. I'tikaf just means you have to be sat in the masjid. You have to be sat in the masjid, in the masjid, not in your area. So they say the Prophet began at Maghrib, but all since Maghrib till Fajr, he was just in and around this area. And then only after Fajr, he went to rest or, or to go into his area. What is the reward or the significance of Laylatul Qadr? Uh, Laylatul Qadr, what is the reward for it? What does it say in the Quran? Khayrun min alfi shahr. That the reward of that night, it is better than a thousand months of worship. A thousand months is over 80 years, 83 years of worship for that one night. So you can see what a huge amount of worship it is on that one night. A huge amount of reward it is on that one night. Worth over a thousand months worth, a lifetime worth, 83 years or something worth for that one night of worship. That's why everybody should strive to make sure that they catch that one night. Anything else before we round off then? Because Islamic months, uh, the Islamic calendar is not based upon the same method as the, the calendar everybody's used to, May, June, July. Islamic calendar is based upon lunar sightings, the moon sighting. The lunar circle, the lunar cycle is shorter than the, they call it the solar cycle or whatever they call it, the 365 days. The lunar cycle is only 354 days. So every year, the Islamic calendar is always going to be 11 days shorter than the typical calendar everybody's used to. As a consequence, every year Ramadan is always going to move up by 11 days. Anything else? Today is the final class for Ramadan. 
So the classes are now going to begin, uh, I think it's 8th of June or something, the Saturday after Ramadan. Eid is going to be midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. And then Saturday, we'll begin the classes again, inshallah ta'ala. What were we doing before? Adhkar, we're going to finish that? Or something? Or? We'll discuss what it's going to be. We'll discuss what it's going to be and we'll advertise it. But inshallah, after Eid, the first Saturday, Saturday, June the 8th, that's when we'll carry on, uh, inshallah ta'ala. Keep following the Twitter and the website and things and the posters to see what time the lessons are going to resume afterwards, inshallah ta'ala. So, we'll run off on that, huh? Conference? Where? Oh, no, I'm going abroad. I have lectures in the Caribbean every, every year. Huh? So the last two weeks I won't be here at all. All the classes are cancelled, everything I do. Last two weeks uh, I won't be here. So inshallah it will be after eight. I'll leave this week, inshallah. Wednesday. Anything else then? In that case, after eight then the Saturday, inshallah ta'ala.